and take four. <laughs> so, in what really is a first in the history of this podcast, and we're laying it all on the table in the cold open, this is our fourth time recording this episode. Uh, really, it's like the we did two this halves the, the, and yeah. one full recording. Yeah. And so what is that? That that makes this actually the, the third when sure. you add them all up. Yeah. So we're trying to get it all out there now so we don't harp <laughs> on it throughout the episode. We can pretend to say the same jokes and observations and pretend they're fresh the whole time and not have to point them out. But basically, and the episode's already late, so if you're hearing this the day it comes out, you knew that anyway, but... We recorded it once, and we have a guest this week. We have Josh McTarnigan from Reliable J, the other Reliant K fan podcast. Uh, so that was recorded like a week ago. That's safe. That's in a box. That's in. <laughs> that's that's on a special air gapped hard drive that no one will ever see until it's ready. But meanwhile, we recorded half an episode, and then Jessica and I got in kind of an argument yep. <laughs> in the middle of the, the discussion. We had to that take a halt. That wasn't fun. <laughs> we had to take a halt. We're like, oh, we can't release this. But we love each other. It happens. But we're like, it's still not fun to put it out as a podcast. So we took a halt. We're like, you know what? Let's get a good night's sleep. Let's come back to this in the morning. So we came back to it in the morning. Then we recorded the whole podcast. Great episode. Great episode. Came out pretty good about an hour at an hour with our guest. Two hour podcast total. All recorded from the onboard mic. Didn't come from the, didn't go through the Yeti. Yep. Fun times. People are, (laughs) people know this. It happens. It happens with podcasts, but it's the first time it really happened with us. Yeah. Third time we were like, we, we went back to it immediately. Oh no. Yeah. It happened. So let's just get through this. It was this horrible nightmare world of like, of like pretending that we didn't. It was already so, say these like, things an hour before. <laughs> yeah, it was it was unfortunate. So here we are, another day later, and yeah. we're like, okay. So it's been a slow climb back to the pod. <sighs> That's not even a punchline worth cutting to the song for. <laughs> Feeling backwards and my hope haven't heard the last words. No, no, no. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. Did we tell you that this is the... No, we're leaving that. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Did we tell you this is our fourth time recording? (laughs) Yes, we did. And that's the last we'll talk about it. This week, we are talking about collapsible lung. We have voicemails. We do have voicemails. Um, Was there any other things going on we wanted to talk about? Any top of the show business that's not related to? Well, you can get your counterfeit Sadie Hawkins pod masks over on Amazon. That's right. Yeah. So here's the thing. (laughs) I was Googling Sadie Hawkins pod and I was really looking for like other podcast apps or podcast websites that had maybe like gotten our feed without us submitting it. You know, because maybe they copy, because they do, they copy over from the big sure. ones like Apple and Spotify and stuff. So I could see if anyone had written any reviews. I didn't expect it, but I was like, let me take a look. Google Sadie Hawkins Pod. And then I find something on Amazon. I'm like, what's this? And I click it, and it takes me to a Sadie Hawkins Pod mask 
sold on Amazon for $45. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and multiple ones as well. Yeah, like, you can get the them. You can get the kind for, for when you go to your Christian raves, you know, with the, the pull-up like <laughs> And your Christian kinds. Burning Mans. Yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, it's obviously print-on-demand merch, but some sort of, like, bot, some sort of roving bot that decides what, you know, stuff to steal for these print-on-demand bad copyright-stealing companies, like, somehow got our art, and some algorithm in some bot decided, like, yeah, this is a... This basic Sadie Hawkins pod logo is... It's totally worth it. We're going to make bank on this. Yeah. (laughs) And I searched for other podcasts that are kind of at our level... And didn't find anything. And I so searched weird. for like, um, you know, my MXPX memes. I was thinking, did they rip it out of TeePublic? Because you should go to TeePublic.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod or Sadie Hawkins pod. It's something like that. Go to Sadie Hawkins There's a TeePublic link. That's basically official Sadie Hawkins pod merch. Mm-hmm. For some reason, there's stuff on Amazon. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Who's buying a $45 print on demand mask of our podcast? It's a very, very slim pool of uh, customers they think they're getting. Well, um, yeah, so we do have voicemails this week, and they are from... We have David Park from last week, which I did want to play, because he's talking about our Patreon episode. So I already plugged the T Public. I can plug the Patreon as well. Go to patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod, where we're reviewing Sadie Hawkins pod. No, we're reviewing K's for Karaoke <laughs> songs over there. We'll do a couple for free in the main feed, but we're doing most of K's for Karaoke on Patreon. And we did Motorcycle Drive-By, originally by Third Eye Blind, and this is David Park's voicemail. Hi, Danny and Jeff. It's David from Jimmy Eat Pod. I'm calling. I'm not doing a bit. Thoroughly enjoyed your Motorcycle Drive-By episode. I'm going to listen to the Reliant K version right after I get off the call here, but I did want to follow up. I have maybe like a hair more of exposure to Third Eye Blind than Danny does, and that I knew all those songs. Uh, Graduate was on the soundtrack of, can't hardly wait, on that soundtrack. And uh, and so that's how I knew Graduate. That was about the most I knew about Third Eye Blind. They were a 90s band, even though they'd only had, they were like a one album wonder. So they were touring with Dashboard Confessional in 2015, and I wanted to go see that show because I think it was like Dashboard's return after a long while. So I was like, okay, let's go see it. And, and the show got rained out. And so on the drive home, because they had to reschedule the show, I was like, let me put on some Third Eye Blind. I don't even know what that band sounds like. So I think I put it on, Susie went to sleep, and in the dark rain on the freeway, motorcycle drive-by started, and it was just completely transformative for me. It was like this incredible song. And so now it's like my quintessential night drive, one of my quintessential night drive songs. But yeah, that motorcycle drive-by song hit me like a ton of bricks. And uh, yeah, still like probably my favorite song by them. I saw them over for Jimmy Eat World, and that became a whole point of contention because Zach said what a creep Stephen Jenkins was. But And they did play Motorcycle Drive-By at that show, which is all I cared to see. I think we dipped right after that because they were kind of weird. So very excited to hear the Reliant K version. I can't imagine any version of the song being really bad. So uh, that's it. All right. Bye. Yes. You know, I 
We watched, I watched uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Can't hardly wait. He just said <laughs> he it. Just said he it. He just said it. <laughs> I mean, both are awesome movies. He just said it. But <laughs> yeah. they, they occupy a similar space in my brain. I haven't seen 10 Things I Hate About You. But they. You've never seen 10 Things I Hate About You? No, I haven't. Oh my God. But I've seen Can't Hardly Wait, and I saw it at the beginning of the pandemic when I was looking for nice. At the very beginning of the pandemic, I was watching Star Trek movies, and I was watching, like, nice comedies, and Can't Hardly Wait was one of them, and we had watched Can't Hardly Wait when we were dating. Yeah, I was going to say, did you just pull out the DVD? Because it's on our shelf. I think I just found it on Netflix or something, oh, but we, okay. we put on Can't Hardly Wait once when we were, like, you know, yes. early in our relationship. Because I was like, Danny, you haven't seen Can't Hardly Wait? How? I wanted to show you. But I, we didn't watch much in the movie. <laughs> what? I didn't. I, I missed a couple minutes, and I don't count a movie as being, having been watched until I've seen the whole thing. I have Plus, to tell you, I've heard that joke from you three, four <laughs> times now, and it doesn't get better any time. <laughs> what about the joke that I say where I'm like, but now we're married, so it's easier for me to just sit and watch the movie without being distracted because we've been married for 11 years? <sighs> So then David Park calls back and he said this after he listened for the first time to Reliant K's cover motorcycle drive-by. They nailed it. So that's a resounding yes <laughs> from Jimmy Eat Pods, David Park. Um, I want to swap night drive playlists with him and see what he's got on his because, man, who doesn't love a good night drive? Oh, yeah. You know what? I probably actually, now that I think about it, I probably knew the motorcycle drive-by was on his night drive playlist because they talk about night drives on Jimmy Pod. Nice. But I probably wasn't I wasn't familiar with motorcycle drive-by before we talked about it on our on patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. So go listen to that. And the other funny thing is that he was gonna go see Third Eye Blind play with Dashboard Confessional and like the anti-version of Dashboard Confessional, the the Joker to its Batman, would be uh, Page of the Lion, David Bazan. Both emo bands, both related to Christian stuff. Both it's like a band where it's really just one guy, but there is technically a band. Anyway, Page of the Lion finally had an actual reunion, and they were playing at this in uh, the observatory. I was looking to you for an Santa answer. Anna. The Santa Ana Observatory. You should know this. I told this story already. <laughs> I did, but I was gonna let you. I was gonna let you come to it so that it yeah. wasn't glaringly obvious. So I wanted to that see. We've done this. Yeah. So I wanted to see Page <laughs> of the Lion. I had never actually seen Page of the Lion. I've seen David Bazan solo, and he plays plenty of David uh, Page of the Lion songs. So it's never like I don't ever feel like I haven't seen them. But I was like, oh, I could actually officially see them. But I got to see Third Eye Blind with them, and I so I didn't do it. But I should have because turns out I like motorcycle drive by. Although we might, that turns out the guy might be a bit of a problem from what David says. Anyway. Uh, we have another voicemail. And we have one more voicemail. And this is from Jarrett, our recent patron. And he had said last week, he was like, when you guys do Collapsible Lung, let me know. And I'm like, we're doing it next week. So he's like, okay, I'll call you up with this voicemail. Hey, Dan and Jess, this is Jarrett. Uh, maybe if I emphasize the T, the uh, Google Voice will uh, translate my name right. But uh, yeah, so this is my collapsible lung story so i got into reliant k my sophomore year of high school back in the fall of 2012 after going through a really tough friend situation 
I heard uh, Curl Up and Die on Spotify Radio, and I was like, this guy just wrote exactly how I'm feeling right now in song form. Like, how, how is that possible? And so uh, from that moment on, uh, Reliant K was my favorite band, and Matt Thiessen was my songwriting hero. And so, of course, later on in 2013, I see that a new album's coming out, and they're touring on it. And so I was like, well, of course I'm going to that. And uh, so essentially we, we get to the venue, it's at the Cat's Cradle in Chapel Hill, and we're walking to the start of the line, and we have to pass by the tour bus. And I see there's this uh, shirtless, blonde, curly-haired, scraggly-looking guy just kind of napping on the tour bus, like, storage area. And we pass by, and this guy gets up and then walks in the bus. And I'm like, y'all, that was Matt Thiessen, the lead singer of Reliant K. And my friends who are not really into Reliant K are like, and you didn't say anything to him? And uh like, well, no, but, you know, maybe I'll, I'll say something to him later. And so we get in the line. We're waiting for a bit. He he leaves the bus, passes by the line, goes into the venue. Later, he comes back out into the bus and then comes back out again into the venue. And so we've crossed each other like four times at this point. And I'm like, no one is saying anything to him. Like, maybe there's like one, hey, Matt, or something like that. But no one was like really talking to him we were just talking about him and so i'm like okay if he comes out one more time i'm gonna say something to him what the heck do i say because you know i've i've never met royalty before and matt season's like my hero my guy I've looked up to pretty much been idolizing him all of last year like what do i say to him and so i think for a moment and i realized i've got an unopened packet of glow sticks that i just could not open for some reason and as soon as i realized that Matt Thiessen walks out of the venue, and so I walk up pretty much to him, and I'm like, hey, Mr. Matt, do you have any scissors? And so basically he was not expecting that question, obviously, and so he gives me this confused head bob as he's continuing to walk to the bus, and is like, nah, I wish I did, and then goes into the bus. And uh, everyone around me is laughing at me and kind of making fun of me, and, you know, my, my immediate thought was not, oh, my gosh, I just talked to Matt Thiessen. I just got to talk to my hero. My immediate thought was, what do you mean you don't have any scissors? And, of course, I didn't say that out loud. You're Matt Thiessen. You're the lead singer of Reliant K. How can you not have scissors? And uh, eventually I was able to open the glow stick packet, uh, but sadly the glow sticks did not work. So I, I couldn't be the guy who was like, hey, I asked you for scissors, and I actually didn't need them or whatever. But, yeah, that's my uh, stupid teenage Jarrett asking Matt Thiessen for scissors story. So, yeah, that's that's great. I love I that love story. It. Yeah, I like that story <laughs> because, you know, from my early Reliant K years, uh, going to see them when they were the four, a four-piece, I bothered them all the time. But me and my friend Johnny would actually, like, when we go to that festival, Soul Fest, and sometimes when we go to shows where we knew there's a good chance, you know, middle-sized shows was a good chance you could actually meet a band like the Get Up Kids or something like that. Uh, we would always have, who aren't Christian, I'm just saying, we'd always have things planned and like ideas and basic concepts that we could say to be entertaining or be interesting <laughs> when we talk to our heroes in these different bands. So we would kind of like plan things to say ahead of time. So that's what Jarrett needed to do. Adorable. Yeah. And also, this just goes back to like Reliant K, such nice, cool, good guys for not like just being so annoyed with all of the <laughs> all of us. The <laughs> enthusiastic fans. Yeah, over enthusiastic. Over enthusiastic. Stands, fans. as they're now called. <laughs> 
Um, so thank you very much, Jarrett, for calling. Oh, and Google Voice did get the spelling of his name correctly this time. So that's good. But yeah, we're talking about the song Collapsible Lung this week. So let's get into it. I have some new points oh. that I could maybe go over compared to our lost discussions. Nice. Well, before we get into that, I just wanted to say that a collapsed lung is a condition that occurs when air leaks into the space between the lungs and chest wall. A blunt or penetrating chest injury, certain medical procedures, or lung disease can cause a pneumothorax. Mm. Apologies to any medical folks out there. (laughs) Or people with collapsed lungs. Or people with collapsed lungs. Yeah. I did come across a... uh, a blog that was like living with collapsed lungs or collapsible lungs and i'll probably skip it but just (laughs) it's out there if you're interested also dolphins and other sea mammals have collapsible lungs to help avoid decompression sickness oh nice you know dolphins are also one of the few animals in uh the animal kingdom that have sex just to have sex i did not know that i saw that on like a interesting i saw that on some sort of uh like nature show one time and it was weird because the way they sexy hawkins pod (laughs) sexy hawkins pod but then the way they had sex was like one dolphin turns upside down oh danny this this is we try to keep it pg here i know but we are talking about the album collapsible lung this is not this this is not one of the sexy songs off the album collapsible lung but we're adjacent to the sexy continue then so but the way a dolphin has sex it's so not explicit from the footage they showed in this like nature documentary one turns upside down and they just kind of like touch bellies and then they're done oh that's so sweet <laughs> i'm sure somewhere in there there's something that something com- connects together that and... sounds nice yeah it's beautiful well collapsible lung yeah so um this song is pretty good <laughs> it's like a, um it's it does seem to be it's it seems to have a for sure have a section of fans that really love it mm-hmm. that see it as one of like the S tier sort of Reliant K songs. But to me personally, this is more like a um, S tier on the album, but like a B tier overall. And it is very much a good song, and it's definitely the biggest fish in the relatively small pond of collapsible long. Even though I'm like. And our guest is like the biggest collapsible long apologist, not apologist, but fan. Like, he will, uh, our, our guest will talk about how much he actually loves that album. But like, I'm like turning towards enjoying the album Collapsible Long, you know, but I still see everything between Don't Blink and the song Collapsible Long as just songs that are decent, but not really Reliant K songs. And here you have one of the two what feels like an actual Reliant K song on the album. And I feel like this song could easily be moved off of the album Collapsible Lung and could be on air for free or could have even been on uh, Forget and Not Slow Down or maybe even Five Score. And it would not necessarily like hold water against all the other, many of the other songs on those albums. Like it would do okay. I can I think the song itself I like it's I like the way it builds up. I like the slow acoustic part at the beginning and then the way it has that thumping, driving, heavy rock sort of way it builds up in the middle. And I don't mean, you know, I say it's a rock song. This was one of the arguments we had <laughs> early on 
is that I hear I, this is a rock song to me, whereas most of the rest of the album is just pure pop or pop rock. Like this feels to me like at the best I can say, yeah, sure, it's a pop rock song. But this song doesn't this album is criticized for ripping off the sounds of other popular pop artists at the time. But I can't attribute the sound of this song to any popular pop group of the time. Yeah, that's fair. The only thing I'll say that it kind of makes me think of is it feels like the song Jefferson Airplane. It feels more akin to that in a way. Like how when I hear, because when I hear the song Jefferson Airplane, I think that, I feel like that song was Matt Thiessen doing his best Pedro the Lion, Mm -hmm. which I already, happen to have already brought up. But to me, this is another song where it feels kind of like a Matt Thiessen song through a Pedro the Lion sort of lens. So, but... Page of the Lion is not a pop band at all, you know what I mean? So that's, and that's already obviously an influence for Reliant K and other bands of their ilk and time. So it doesn't, I don't actually think like you would, if you're making an album full of pop songs that copy other pop artists, you don't also throw on a Page of the Lion song. This is a, feels like one of the most true Reliant K songs on this album. I would say this is even more Reliant K than Don't Blink, because even Don't Blink has a polished, you know, it's toned down thing that like, as if to say, hey, this could be on the radio too. But Collapsible Lung seems the least radio friendly song on this album. Okay, hold my beer. Okay. (laughs) Jessica's shaking it out like she's got notes. She's got, she's ready. She's ready to tear down everything I just said. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) So obviously, (laughs) this is not one of my favorites. It's not even one of my favorites off this album. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't particularly care for the structure. I think it could have been worked on a little more. I think that the music and sort of the mixed stylings of it don't mesh as well as it could. And I think that they just could have worked on it a little, a little more. Um, it just feels kind of cluttered and and like a first draft, almost. Although, I will say, the demo acoustic version that they open and close the song with, I do enjoy. You so, mean the kind of, that the way that section... Yeah. The demo the, the demo-y feel, feel of, of the of intro that. and the outro. Yeah, like if the whole right. song was that, then maybe I would be a little more into it. Yeah. I talked a lot, so I want you to tell, say more. <laughs> but I just want to say it's funny the way it feels like it's cluttered to you because this is—it's funny. This is the simplest song on Collapsible Lung. Collapsible Lung is filled with so many songs that are overly complicated, have all these changes, have all these parts. Even the production of many Collapsible Lung songs are like overly complicated with all the different types of things that they're doing this song is sort of feels like this stripped down very simple thing in a pretty simple melody and it's one of like the what feels like one of the few it's just guitars and drums you know just regular rock band instruments but i do agree that there's this feeling of like it could have gone somewhere else it could have stayed the simple production but maybe there's maybe there's another like somewhere else it could have gone melodically. I think voc- I think lyrics wise it's all together but 
melodically, it could have gone to another place as well. Yeah, I mean, to me, I don't know, Gloria is a better song because at least it knows what it Controversy. is. <laughs> it knows what it is. And so I think this is just like there's a little bit of uh, confusion. It just doesn't it doesn't flow for me very well is what it is, I guess. Because it does sort of start as like this dreamy backyard demo-y, like you said, thing. Almost building like a deathbed, you know, with its like wistful so almost dramatic setup like you hear that and that's that snapping sound at the beginning of the track we had a conversation with daniel you can see my socks one time and i think we he figured out or we figured out i certainly wouldn't know that that's actually the sound of like an amp turning on right as opposed to like it always sounded like a cue ball to me or something or I mean, it maybe sounded like a door closing or something, like how there's a door closing and they're being a deathbed. So it starts with that whole thing. And then it gets up into this sort of just like rocking, almost like sports-like thumping beats. You know, it's almost like invites you to like stomp your feet sort of thing. Then the miles of open road, like that sort of thing. Or I would walk 500 <laughs> miles. It's like got that rhythm, which is like a, it's like a pop rock song in the middle and at the, at the beginning and the end it's this dramatic like just guy with a guitar on a porch so it does have these like slightly more um and that dramatic is a, ideas yeah but that it's is a still theme a they've simpler used in the past yeah. yeah it that sort of mixing of media and mixing of feelings they they've been doing for a while right it just didn't work with that center piece I think is is what throws me. Right. And as far as like the lyrics and everything are concerned, there's another song that I think is very reminiscent of this as well. And I think that they just get the point across better. It's a very similar song, <laughs> even melodically. and Yeah. And hey, this part picks up as well. It does. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I definitely like Reliant K's song better. It's... I do. It's, it's Okay, are we going to have to go for a take five? Because we're about to have another argument <laughs> another right argument. now. Oh my gosh. That's But the thing is, that's just like a strumming acoustic song. Whereas at least there are like parts in this song. This is a little bit more written. Like anyone can just write, pick up a guitar and pick three chords and write I a song like that. I wasn't even speaking musically. I was talking about the lyrics. The lyrics. Okay, we're moving to lyrics. This is uh, Wanna Grow Old With You is just so much like happier and cuter and sweeter and it gets the same Then I have a collapsible lung. (laughs) Yeah. So there are a couple of things going on in this song, uh, which is some of the stuff I wanted to talk about that I thought about since the last time we tried to record this episode. There's so many ways to interpret this song, whereas it kind of... I think most people would hear it and assume it's got to be one thing. It's actually a little bit more poetic in its like multiple interpretations than that. Because first of all, there's the whole the which our guest describes to. There's the whole like this is a story. This album is a story about someone, whether it's the same character from Forget Not Slow Down or not. 
<laughs> which we don't ascribe to this theory, but the idea that this whole album is a story about a person who chases women and booze and drugs and crime and <laughs> cocaine and <laughs> becomes a Mexican drug lord for a while and cooks meth and then eventually comes back to the Lord at the end represented by represented by the song Collapse Belong. So in that context, it would have to be the song would be from the point of view of I assume from a still young man who is thinking about he's going to be old soon. He's going to have a collapsible lung. His girl will have a replaceable hip and they'll be doing the dip and dancing and doing the twists and stuff. And he's thinking about aging and he's thinking about how he's got to come back to the Lord. And he hopes he hasn't seen the last of the Holy Ghost at this point. The other interpretation, if you just take the song on its own, just bare bones on its own, especially since this song is written just by Matt Thiessen and all the other songs are written by like a handful of other people to say that this song, I would think this song on its own is like actually about someone who has gotten older and is maybe thinking about their mortality. And, but I was also thinking about the life that they've already lived with the person that they love and maybe thinking about their spirituality as well. And, hoping that they will still stay connected with the Lord and not even in a death way, but just like, a, I hope I haven't seen the last of the Holy Ghost at this point in my life. I hope I see him when I die, but I also hope I continue to feel the Lord's presence in my life, even though I'm now old and my lungs are failing me and my body's failing me and you have your hip replaced and all this stuff. And then there was a third interpretation that I don't remember right now. <laughs> so, oh, and the other thing is like, I've seen this song compared to Deathbed. Yeah. And I have a voicemail, uh, not a voicemail, but I have a, a YouTube clip of Matt Hoops in an interview where the interviewer says like, oh, that song Collapse Belong, it's almost like a mini Deathbed, mm -hmm. you know? But it doesn't have the same kind of narrative. Aside from the fact that I've already said it doesn't have this all the same ideas as Deathbed. No. It doesn't have... It does feel like it's trying to capture a more lighthearted sense of Deathbed, right. I think, which is kind of my feeling on it and a little bit why I don't really care for the lyrics is because I want to make you smile whenever you're sad and carry you around when your arthritis is bad is a lot cuter than <laughs> I want to, you know, grow old and rub your tired limbs on our slow climb back to the sky. <laughs> like, you know, one's right. a little, a little sweeter than the other. I mean, depending on you as a person, I guess, right. and what speaks to you. Right. So, I mean, and that's a, that's one of the things that slow climb back to the sky can kind of be read in multiple ways. And yeah, this song has been, we've talked about it ahead of time before we even did our multiple recording attempts in this episode. We talked about how this song's a little triggering for Jessica because it touches on those same kind of themes as Deathbed, but you can interpret them multiple ways. So the 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 ladder with the missing rung it's a slow climb back to the sky certainly if you think about this song it's from the point of view of an old couple it sounds like that would sound like to me like some people who are old and are surprised that they're not dead yet <laughs> and it's like a slow climb getting back to the sky sky being heaven sky being their death but then in the common interpretation by many fans that this is like a person who's had a a a, a life of like frivolity and sinfulness the slow climb back to the sky would then be interpreted by the people who see it that way as like just getting back to the lord and the missing rung is all the setbacks of life right 
So it's it kind of like it does have all of these different things. And there are two lines in this song that if reworked wouldn't would like remove the idea of death entirely. And it's the climb back to and it's like the back to the sky. And then what's the other one? It's uh, uh, I stumble into the great unknown because the yeah. great unknown is so is, is a common poetic phrase for death but the great unknown is also doesn't just mean death the great unknown means like it's just a just it's i would i think i don't actually know the entomology of that term but i believe that a term like that would probably sort of start in more of like in the ideas of like discovery and exploration and the great unknown is like the wild west and the great unknown is like space space and the great unknown is traveling the seas and stuff but then it becomes uh a euphemism as well for death so like when he talks about stumbling into the great unknown maybe he's talking about stumbling into a life in which he's lost touch with the lord and that's the great unknown he's never lived a life where he's felt this disconnected from his spirituality and he's looking to come back to that but if you rework those two sections to make them less like connected to the idea of death because great unknown makes a lot of people think of death but maybe if it stumble i stumble into the unknown time i'm not a poet <laughs> I don't, i'm not gonna rework it i'm not gonna workshop it like i'm like i'm gene siskel like when i watch a when i watch a siskel and ebert and gene siskel would constantly like rewrite the movies or repitch the movies i'm like dude review the movie that exists I understand sometimes when you watch a movie and you're like, oh, I wish it was about you that. You totally do that, though. No, you we do. giving me, like, but I wouldn't... pitches. Yeah, for... yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just did that Ugh. thing from the Screen Rank guy. Ugh. But, no, for sure. Like, no, we're on a tangent now. But for sure, I would, like, we, as for fun, you and I watch movies or we watch movies with our friends and we say, here's how we'd make that better. But if I was reviewing movies in a more official capacity, I wouldn't. Gene Siskel used to actually like rewrite the movies on the show. And there's a difference between like, hey, maybe don't focus on that person as a character. Focus on this person as a character. But he would be like, what I would have liked to see is I would have liked to see this character (laughs) instead go on this journey. While that character does this and that. And then it's like you go into all these details. It's like just review the movie that exists. Well, like we're reviewing this song that exists. <laughs> if you Google collapsible lung lyrics, the lyrics that come up by Google are not the collapsible lung lyrics. They're uh, to When You Were My Baby for some reason. So there's Confusing. that. Confusing. <laughs> uh, but then if you click into like Genius or AZ or Z lyrics or any of those, you just get the proper lyrics. But yeah. Yeah. Music match is uh, is off. So um, one thing I learned, and you'll we'll go into your deep dive in, in pretty soon. But one thing I learned specifically about this song, where Reliant K kind of picked the phrase "collapsible lung" as a song concept, and ultimately as the title of this album, is that Matt Thiessen's uncle apparently suffered a collapsible lung Ooh. while he was running marathons. And wow, it's in this. It's in the same video that I'm going to play, but I'm not going to play that moment. So I'll just explain it. But Matt Hoops on this YouTube interview says that that's where it came from, and it would kind of just like raise this puzzling question to Matt Thiessen 
of like, oh, my uncle is like the healthiest guy I know. So what's the deal with our bodies if you can be so healthy and still have something right. strike you like that as a result of your healthiness? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that kind of put the whole, when I heard that interview, it kind of put the whole concept of the song also in a context of like, this song is kind of about health. And maybe the album is kind of about health. And I'm not sold on the idea that these songs connect. But even in any album you can pick off a shelf or search on iTunes, even if any album isn't a story, typically there's a core theme. You can find a core theme, whether it's because the, the, the writer of the main songwriter of the band has certain core themes that they always come back to. Or sometimes you just kind of like, like the latest MXPX album, a lot of it is about like sort of striking out, looking back at your life that got you where you are and continuing to follow your dreams even where you are now. That's kind of, a lot of the songs on the new MXPX album have that similar theme. So an album will often have a core theme, even if it's not necessarily a story. And I'm starting to see... I'm starting to see that maybe there is a core theme to Collapsible Lung, even from its detractors and haters, that, sure, it's a bunch of, like, pop songs, all the things we know that people hate about Collapsible Lung, the album, but there is a theme here about health, with the lungs on the cover, and the fact that this song is the title song, and learning that story about Matt Thiessen's uncle, and hearing all of these songs on here not worrying about what songs sound like what artists but just thinking about the themes of the songs like it's about there are songs about mental health on here and relationship mental health with relationships like Gloria is going through his phone that's not healthy and you know PTL that's not healthy and don't blink is about like don't blink like keep an eye on your life and you know hold on to those moments so I think there is a theme that holds this album together about health. So, uh, yeah. Well, hey, I'm calling it break break time. Okay. Because I need because it's I need some health. I need to go get a smoke. <laughs> I need to go grab a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna take our break and be right back. If you enjoy Sadie Hawkins Pod, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and interact with the show by calling our voicemail line four zero two nine five Sadie. You can send an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com and visit our Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for the link to our tea public store for shirts, mugs, and stickers, including two brand new designs. Following in the history of all of Reliant K's logo parody merch, we have a Chick-fil-A parody design. And to prove to everyone that we are, in fact, the most punk rock podcast, we have a new Black Flag logo parody. You know, something that's original and that we could really call our own for once. We also want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. Jarrett, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Helen, Samantha, Roxanne, Jimmy, Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. You can sign up at our Patreon for bonus episodes, which include us reviewing the songs from Chaos for Karaoke and reading through the complex infrastructure book. Treat yourself right in 2021 with Sadie Hawkins Pod, the door to a happy, healthy life.
So you like Reliant K, do you? Well, what about They Might Be Giants? My name is Greg Simpson, and I host a They Might Be Giants fan podcast, and it's called This Might Be a Podcast. This Might Be a Podcast is a song-by-song podcast featuring a different guest every episode from normal fans like you and I, but also... I've had guests such as John Darneal of the Mountain Goats, Justin McElroy of My Brother, My Brother and Me, Hutch Harris of the Thermals, Mike Park of Asian Man Records, Franz Nikolai of The Hold Steady, and Danny Weinkoff and Marty Beller of They Might Be Giants, and past drummers Dan Hickey and Brian Doherty. Search for Punk News, or This Might Be a Podcast, on any podcast platform and you will find us. This Might Be a Podcast, brought to you by punknews.org. So before we get into your deep dive, I got a mini deep dive of my own, and this I referred to. Nice. This is an interview. It's a podcast, but they uploaded this small section to their YouTube channel. This is the Listen C. Listen. Listening. The Listening C. So it's listening without a G, and the word and the letters S-E-E. Uh, it comes up, I see this come up all the time when I search for Line K in the Apple Podcast app. And this is Matt Hoops talking about where the title came from. Hey, but tell me about the um, uh, the title track then, which is the last track. Yeah, collapsible long. It kind of uh, it's a bit of an all encompassing track. It's uh, I thought it was a mini deathbedish, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a three minute version. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Kind yeah. Of, you know what I mean? uh, it kind of was a song that um, Matt had written the verses to the song um, probably two years ago, and uh, the song had. Uh, honestly, I had six or seven different choruses, and yeah. none of them felt right. We both knew that they didn't feel right, and we'd leave one for a day and come back and listen to it the next day, and be like, "No, this is this is not right." And um, I was playing this lullaby for my daughter, and I just like got this idea for this corporation. I was like, "Oh, we got to do this, and we got to sing it like this, and it should be about this," and like just. Like Matt was over and played it for him, and he he was like, "Yeah, let me." And we were like messing with the melodies and stuff. Wow. And he he got home and he was like, "How about this?" And he like sang me the chorus of that song on a voicemail, and I was like, "I texted him right back. I was like, this is phenomenal. It's perfect. I love it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So it's the fact that they worked on the song for pretty much two years, not consistently, right? But it kind of does feel like that's why it's kind of like a makes sense to my feeling that overall in all of Reliant K, this is a B tier to me personally. Mm-hmm. The idea that this was a song that took a long time to come together. And, and I think it did come together, but it's like, are there, what were all those other versions? And was there another version that could be done? And is it a, is it a painting that could just use a couple more happy trees? Like, was there something <laughs> else that could have been built on, on this song. I'm not sure. I, yeah. I It's not like if I listen to Deathbed and I'm like, there's nothing else you could do to Deathbed. Like, it's done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But sometimes I hear Collapsible Lung and it is such a simple sort of thumping pop rock song that I'm like, I feel like there could be something else here. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah, because those that opening and that middle part feel a little disconnected from the rest. Yeah. Oh, and we didn't mention that this is another dun, 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 because yeah. I think it, it might be the same interview with this podcast, or it might have been the Local Wave podcast, but one of them, Matt Hoops, was like, 
yeah, we get tired of playing Sadie Hawkins dance because yeah. it's, a, it's dun, 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 dun. And how many times can you do that every night? But it's like, but they write so many they songs that are this thumping <laughs> thing. Yeah. The I would walk. By the <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's that. And then, oh, you want to watch the music video? The Ooh. lyric video? Sure. So this is the lyric video. And this is the thing is I thought Jessica loves old timey crap. <laughs> So I thought for sure <laughs> that she would like this lyric video because it's basically I'm vamping because I didn't click the link. I didn't get the link. Here it is. <laughs> I thought like, so this is the official Reliant K lyric video. And it's like. This lyric video was, this color is not by Deluxe. <laughs> That's right. So it's a bunch of like old timey footage. And it's made to look like the opening credits of a movie. Yeah, and so it's, it's like footage. executive producer and then the lyrics with and then the lyrics. Yeah. A Matt and Matt film and then underneath <laughs> the lyrics and like directed by and then underneath the lyrics. I could make a whole lyric video out of this stock footage. <laughs> That's what they did. <laughs> it's cute. I mean, yeah. And it yeah. kind of plays to that old timey feeling of the song the yeah. idea of aging because it's cute and especially like the idea that the this song is kind of more about celebrating life mm-hmm. than looking at death whereas deathbed is looking at death this is about celebrating life and like looking back at your life before and hoping you feel the holy spirit and you you'll continue to always feel the holy ghost ghost in you and using all of this like 60s and 50s footage and referencing the twist kind of like makes sense to that. Yeah. Also, this album only had lyric videos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, Forget Not Slow Down and Collapsible Lung, the album, didn't have a f- videos. They didn't have real videos. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I want to say in support, although, as I, you know, I just want to be fair to everyone. The trilogy theory of this of this being the second in a tr- story trilogy that's forget not slow down collapsible lung and air for free, right? Um, there's one little bit of connective tissue that does tie those three albums together. Is there the only three Reliant K albums that have title songs? They're the only three Re- Reliant K albums where the title of the record is also the title of a song. Technically, I can already hear some people saying this, technically there's a song called Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. But it was a pre-gap track. So really it's an untitled song. And then they just wanted to, t- they tossed it onto the Mm-hmm 10 because it's the anniversary, put all the songs together. People, most people never heard the, suppo- the song that's supposedly called Mm-hmm. And really it's just my girl's ex-boyfriend in like redux. a in, redux <laughs> in re- reprise in like a in a in a beach boys way so right. they just kind of called it mm-hmm because it's the hidden track it's the pre-gap track but anatomy of tongue and cheek reliant k two lefts five score and seven years ago even burden the b-sides and nashville tennessee p sure burden the b-sides is close as a song called be your man but these last three albums are the only ones that have title tracks I don't think that's really <laughs> evidence of a trilogy, but it's there. So, you have a deep dive. I do. We have song meanings. 
Matt Drummer 7, so either Dave or Ethan, uh, said, anyone <laughs> noticed how the first 10 songs on the album are very shallow, worldly, and disjointed, very much unlike Reliant K? Well, that's the idea. Forget and Not Slow Down was an amazing album that Matt wrote after his fiance left him. This album is kind of a part two in a way. Between the miles of open roads, Matt lost sight of what matters the most, which is God, in order to try and find the, some, the same love that his ex-fiance gave him. How However, he kind of redeems himself in this final track, saying that he hopes he hasn't heard the last words from the Holy Ghost. Is the album up to par with Forget and Not Slow Down? Heck no. And it'll be hard for Lion K to ever top that album. The lyrics on this album might seem extremely shallow at first, but once you see the brutally honest meaning behind it, it's really a fantastic album. And they said that on July 9th, 2013. Then Joe Novato on January 10th, 2015 said, My opinion, only a genius would be able to make a terrible album just to finish with such a great song. I do believe Matt wrote the album to be essentially bad and hold a shallow message so that he could tell in the end that he's learning to deal with all the stuff he's felt and been through these past years. Mm. <laughs> it seems now he's prepared to accept a spiritual renew in his life, and we might get a more meaningful album next time. I do hope he gets by with his collapsible lung. Well, he doesn't have a collapsible lung. <laughs> it's a little too literal. He's not got a collapsible <laughs> lung. Uh, that's kind of stretching the story yeah. theory. To say he purposely wrote a bad album. Right. Like, yeah, I know that the idea of the trilogy theorists is like, it's supposed to be vapid pop songs because the vapidness of the songs represent the vapidness of the life of the character. But to say, like, he purposely wrote a bad album. Right. Like, no, he, they Why? wrote the songs. No, they, <laughs> Why would you make an intentionally you imagine bad it's album? imagine like, oh, I'm really going to get one over on all right. the fans. I'm going to write the <laughs> shittiest songs possible. No, he wrote songs that he wanted to write, that he enjoyed, and melodies that he had been developing. The song, you know, like, they worked on... All kinds of stuff. We've oh my gosh, that doesn't that's like stretching it in a little too far. It's not like the Green Day, the new Green Day album, where supposedly they made it sound as awful as possible to get out of their record contract. Like they threw that album basically away in their mm-hmm. discography. Like I don't, I wouldn't think of Reliant K as like purposefully trying to write an album that would just piss people off. Like I think this is just something you wanted to do that a lot of people didn't want or get or whatever. Yeah, this isn't the Pittsburgh Penguins in the eighties. They aren't they aren't losing <laughs> this, to win yeah. the draft, you know? <laughs> this isn't the producers. <laughs> yeah. Uh we have some fan art. Oh nice. Over on Deviant Art by Pout Princess, we've got like a photo of a sky and it's kind of in that like sepia tone kind of look a little bit. Looks very Zack Snyder-esque <laughs> in the color <laughs> scheme. And then we've got some clouds and some fun word art on top of it with a ladder. And it says, it's a slow climb back to the sky. Yeah. It also looks like a film strip. <laughs> it does, yeah. But it's a ladder. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. And then we have oh. a positive review. Oh, Okay. Of the entire album. This is over on mindequalsblown.net by Megan Ammer on August 13th, 2013. Reliant K Collapsible Lung Album Review. 
I always forget to appreciate Reliant K. They linger somewhere between playlists, occasionally receive the attention that is rightfully due, but always end up forgotten. However, while taking on the role of reviewing their newest album, Collapsible Lung, I felt extremely silly for allowing them to slip between my fingers. To explain, the reason I felt such humility at my underappreciation stems from how talented this band is. Consistently producing the right material, it's a shame it's taken this long to recognize, but this album has secured the final proof necessary to distinguish Reliant K from the mold and cured all doubts of their abilities. The first track, Don't Blink, sets the tone. It starts off with a dramatic entrance, a sort of rising action, and immediately breaks into something pleasant. It also carries a positive message, focusing on the eccentricities of life and how exciting they can be. This is so, this is so nice, and it doesn't. It's just saying, "Hey, I actually yeah. like these songs. Yeah. And I like this album. It's it's refreshing." <laughs> And not like and making that's coming from me. <laughs> yeah, not like making a reason for it to fit into the band's larger discography. They're just talking about the song and the album on its own. This is done through personal confessions of holding back and being afraid to pursue. Lines like, hold on now, don't you blink or it's gone. I've been terrified of life for way too long. Oh no, now don't you blink or it's gone. In another life, who knows what we'd become. Show the determination. I'd also like to mention a couple of songs that impressed me. Boomerang employs things to make the sound exotic. It's a banger. <laughs> including Asian instruments and voice echo, which adds some sass. The con- a- Asian instruments in Boomerang? That's what it I says. I guess that like that wobbly... That wobbly, like, I guess that's what they're thinking. It's like one of those. Maybe. Like Asian a sitar? String, like, sort of? Yeah. Kind of feel to it, maybe, that opening. Or those similar kind of like Chinese stringed instruments with the giant picks they use. But I don't know if that's what made that sound. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I right. don't know. Uh, the content is also familiar with talks of retreating to old lovers and realizing everything's a sham. That, however, is a departure from Lost Boy, which features a calmer nature and lyrics about finding true love through unexpected situations. However, my favorite song off the album and the one I cannot praise enough is PTL. I can't explain why this song's content is so appealing, but it's so different <laughs> from what I typically think Reliant K is capable of. Because it's a Prince song. it's a little more groovy than i'm used to hearing with what sounds like tweaked melodies it follows a simple pattern for the verses but the chorus drops into something unusual and funky the content is so embracing as well focusing on how casualness in a situation is damaging and how risky it is to let something precious vanish it's a song of retreat which is lovely since we all know what that's like I've also found pleasure in the closer and title track, Collapsible Lung. It starts off acoustically with just stunning vocals. It's melodramatic and full of pain for things lost, but it picks up and describes impossible situations. It is melodramatic. That's a good... (laughs) This person should do our podcast. Lines like, I'm getting by with my collapsible lung and it's a good time 100% of the time, or I'll do the twist with my replaceable hips and turn you right round, then dip you down to the ground. Right round, baby. Right round. Speaking of the wedding singer... And now I want to grow old and rub your tired limbs. Just sounds so fun and intriguing. It reminds me of creating something substantial, say, a body from whatever you can. Putting forth the effort to ensure it flourishes. Wow. Well, that's just like a flat out like, I like this album in and of itself. Interesting. Okay. What was that website called again? 
Uh, that was mind equals blown dot net. Well, my mind is blown. I'll be honest with you. Um, there's a couple of fan videos. Oh, and there's lots of Reliant K official stuff. This is a song that um, got played a lot leading up to the album being released. And something that I found is that the album kept getting pushed back. Huh. Because um, I found this, of all the Collapsible Lung songs we've done so far on this podcast, this is probably the Collapsible Lung song that has the most videos of Ethan, John, and John performing the song with the band hmm. because they hadn't left yet because the album wasn't out yet. Because Ethan pretty much left right before the album came out and stuff, right? Gotcha. And then John and John just kind of like stopped touring around the same time. So here you've got like, it's still technically Forget Not Slow Down Days and they're starting to play this song. And in multiple of these videos, Tyson's like, we have this album, we hope it'll come out in January. And then he's like, we have this album, we hope it comes out in March. <laughs> and he's like, and I know our manager doesn't want me to say, but we're hoping it comes out. And it just kept getting pushed back. Gotcha. And that put the antenna up, the uh, tinfoil hat on my head. Of course For it did. the collapsible lung conspiracy <laughs> theories of like what was on with the, what was going on with this album. That like, sure, they wrote all these like pop songs that sound like something that could be on the radio, but it never had a chance to be on the radio because there was no marketing behind this album. And it doesn't matter if, if you write a perfect pop song that, that the world will love if there's no marketing behind it. The idea of like it just ending up on the radio doesn't happen. It's got to be put in the hands, especially in 2013, which is like there's not Spotify yet. There's the idea of playlist hasn't happened yet. They don't release a CD. The CD is a limited edition. You know, no big pop album right. didn't have a CD back in 2013. So it's almost like did yeah. this kind of get did did some people behind the scenes try to bury Collapsible Lung or like didn't want to spend that much money on it? Like there's no videos except for, you know, lyric videos that made out of simple footage. And were they, where, who were they, they with at this time? Out. Not Capital anymore. I think it got released on Mono vs. Stereo. It got released on Mono vs. Stereo. I which mean, is their maybe own label. It's their own label, so maybe they just weren't pushing it for some reason or doing the PR But Mono vs. Stereo is still, like, part of Goatee, which is part of the same parent company yeah, as Collapse, as, a, <laughs> as Capital. So there's still, like, there's still a company behind it somewhere yeah yeah. but i don't know it seems i I, this is the first time i realized that collapse belonged the album like kept getting pushed back and the band themselves didn't really seem to know in multiple of these youtube videos which if you go to patreon.com slash sadie hawkins pod you can sign up for uh the five dollar tier and you'll get all of our notes and all of the links including the ones we don't play for instance i have one two three four five six different youtube vlogs of people reviewing the album and they pretty much all hate it (laughs) (laughs) except for one relying case stuff uh he is like he doesn't love it but he likes it you know and everyone else like just rags on the album and we're gonna we could watch a couple of these but instead i was like let's watch all of them all the way through over on patreon i'm excited so go sign up for our patreon and then there's this very nice footage which I'm pretending like you haven't already seen it from our previous records of this episode. But you can see it again. This Aww. is <laughs> It's a dog training video. Yes. This is uploaded by Natalie Jersten. G J E R T 
S E N. Yeah, it's outside, yeah. and it's there's called, a whole... the episode's called the episode. The video is called <laughs> September Training. Yeah, they've got a whole like impressive looking uh, obstacle, obstacle course, course set yeah. up here with tubes from the run through and hurdles and all kinds of stuff. He's and he's just bouncing all around. So he's cute. a beautiful dog. He's yeah. like a sheep type of dog, like definitely a farm type of dog. Yeah, maybe like a healer of some kind. Yeah. Or Very nice, healer? beautiful. Um, and then we do have to play this because Joel, our listener and patron, sent us a rave DJ. Nice. And I won't spoil it for you, even though you've already heard it once before. <laughs> But I won't spoil it for the for the listeners. <clears throat> Joel gave me specific instructions to go about a minute and a half in. So here we go. Because Rave DJ will often, like, it'll only have... Sometimes a song comes out perfectly, but often a song comes out awfully. And once in a while, a song will, like, be half bad and half good. So he said to go about a minute and a half in. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess so far. Yeah, I wish the first half is a huge mess. Not even the first half that people just heard, but the first half I skipped over is a huge mess. So someone send us the stems for Collapsible Lung <laughs> and the stems for Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley and we'll uh, make a real mashup. Uh, then the best cover for sure is by Footwings and they are an Indian, South Asian Indian band. Nice. And here they are performing this in Delhi at the Northeast Festival in 2014. It's only one minute of the performance as well. I love his eh, eh. Yeah, I love stuff. that. Yeah. <laughs> it totally transforms that moment. Playing fast and loose with the lyrics, which I like. <laughs>
Thanks for watching. Please share and subscribe. Well, we did share. I'm not necessarily going to subscribe right now. Uh, Domino's didn't pay to be on the podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> and so I do have a lot of covers. They're all acoustic and a couple piano. But I'll just end. We'll go into our uh, guest segment in just a moment. And I'll play this one. Because it was very nice, but she had a bit of a problem that she might not have realized was happening while it was recording. This is by Elizabeth W. And it is a ukulele cover. Uh, and I'll show you and you'll be able to hear. Hey, this is Lizzie, and I'm filming right now in a hotel in Kima. And um, I pulled out my ukulele and I went to play a song. Um, this is so cursed. This is so cursed, like a fiber that like yeah some may call an orb like floated through the background. <laughs> There's that weird sh -sh -sh sound. So she's in a hotel. She's she looks pretty young. She looks like a teenager, but it's black and white with very very low contrast. Like it's the whole image is just very stark white. There's like very few blacks in this black and white. It somehow came out like this very high. Actually, huge... it's pretty stark contrast, but so yeah. it's a stark contrast, but it's mostly white. You yeah, know what I mean, is. and. So it's not even black and white. It's just like white and white if, and gray. Wait, let me see it again. No, not quite. I was like, I wonder. Actually, maybe it might be night. Night mode. Oh, oh. Is what I think it, that yes. is. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense now. So this is night mode because she is in a hotel room. Yeah. And she's going to do this ukulele cover. But you heard that sound, right? Yeah. That's the camera and the autofocus keeps trying to so yeah. that makes even more sense if it's night mode because the night mode doesn't know what to autofocus on so this it keeps... picture in the background is creepy <laughs> as hell what's with I, hotels what? and awful art that... but like i have never <laughs> seen a hotel with like art this offensive and by offensive i just mean it's a creepy like little girl like leaning on something <laughs> like what kind of hotel is this i don't know it's like when we went to that like hella haunted hotel for our anniversary in salem uh massachusetts uh -huh. that was like from the time or whatever it was <laughs> right. like so sketch every time you like, look at this painting the girl's in a different position the little oh girl's my in a gosh <laughs> it wasn't sketch it was like a really nice lovely luxury hotel but like it they had the like like old paintings up and stuff and i was like uh, -uh there's no way i like i don't think i slept at all there was like there's no way this place is not i haunted. just came with a great creepypasta where there's a video like this where a girl's just doing a ukulele cover and every time her head passes over the painting in the background the people in the painting have moved yes. but you can't necessarily notice it every time it's good stuff so anyway she's gonna play this ukulele cover it really looks like a little girl hugging onto something and there's a cowboy <laughs> hat above it yeah. i am You're obsessed with the painting well Elizabeth W. is going to do her ukulele cover and from seven years ago. And she's just she has no idea that the autofocus just keeps fighting. And what a horrible camera design if the autofocus actually can be heard by the onboard yeah, microphone. Yeah, what is that? I've never heard of such a thing. Or the paparazzi are all outside. <laughs> this is an absolute nightmare. She, I love her voice, though. Yeah, she it's has got a really a, pretty voice. It's got a very nice... 
she's got that wavery sort of like folky uh, modern bohemian yeah I like it going. it's really pretty <laughs> unless this is some filter that she's recording in and it just makes those like paparazzi camera sounds no I think it's a real camera I don't think it's a phone hmm. it is seven years ago and yeah there were iPhones seven years ago but I don't know. Like, I feel like it was an actual camera. Yeah, so I guess that's good. <laughs> and that's about it. Because, there's, yeah, there's tons of acoustic covers and stuff. But, you know, they're they're exactly what you assume they are. So, Jessica, do you like this song more, the same, or less than before we did it? And you can count, update me on every time we did this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you... Having to do this four <laughs> times now, you're starting to wear me down on the song to the point where I don't hate it anymore. <laughs> I'm just indifferent towards it. So, uh, better. Better? T- yeah. It, it, there you go. It's growing on me. And I like it about the same, to be honest, <laughs> because I was never like super blown away by this song. And I actually started to see little cracks in the song a little bit to me in my enjoyment of it. But it didn't, not so much that it hurt it. So to really to me, it's, uh, like I said, it's a B tier overall for Relying K songs to me. It's an S tier on this album. So about the same. So let's uh, go to our guest segment. We're joined by Josh from Reliable J. Then I hope haven't heard the last words from the Holy Ghost Cause I think that I'm supposed to be well on my way by now So now we're joined by Josh McTarnigan McTarnagon Or as we know him, Reliable J Because uh, I was asking you how to pronounce your last name And it's pronounced exactly as it's spelled it And yet for some reason I guess... <laughs> People, including myself, can't pronounce it. So we'll just call you Reliable J. Sounds the- good to me. Yeah. So uh, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. I haven't heard the name Reliable J in a long time until um, you came around on Twitter and you were like, there used to be this old podcast. I was like, oh, hey, that's <laughs> me. And we like had kind of known each other at that point. You're like, wait, you're kidding. I'm like, right. no, that's, that's me. <laughs> Yeah, because you you like find, so you admitted it at one point because yeah I'd seen your Twitter avatar popping up and we were having discussions here and there as we do with you know other followers and then one day you were like you know I used to have a Reliant K podcast and I was like wait a second I only know of one other <laughs> and yeah. we talked about it we talked about it early on in like the first you know dozen episodes because we started up I think we recorded our first couple episodes without realizing your show was there in like the archives of you know podcasts and i was like oh there was another reliant k podcast we weren't the i mean other than the official reliant k podcast yeah that's why i was in the reliant k fan discord the other day talking about we were reminiscing because um one of our mods sarah used to have a blog dedicated to reliant k Mm -hmm. um and i had the podcast we were talking and they were going on at the same time so we were talking about those days and i was like yeah, it was the first Reliant K fan podcast. And someone's like, that's a bold claim. I was like, look, if you can find another <laughs> one, go for it. But there's nothing out there. Yeah, and, sh- I, yeah, I'm pretty sure you were the first one. Which is really sad because they've been around basically as long as I've been alive. And 
they deserve more love. That's all I have to say. Yeah, this is a classic Danny bus tossing Jessica. But when I first told Jessica, oh, there's another Reliant K podcast, she's like, she's like, no, forget them. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, you already weren't active doing your podcast. Yeah. But I was like, no, I was like, no, you know, all high, whatever, high tides raise all boats. I'm like, there should be more Reliant K podcasts. Like, I hope, and especially because we have very specific, I feel, sometimes feel like we have a very specific point of view with how we came to the band and like, you know, our own, our very specific views on Christian thought and ideas and how we were raised and stuff. And like, I know that that doesn't, isn't 100% connected to a lot of the audience like just the people even the people that specifically listen to our show and interact with us so i'm like there should be more relying k more viewpoints for fans uh doing other podcasts and other things like that so it would be great and uh i know so what's up with reliable j you posted a repost episode you did a new (laughs) episode a while ago i did yeah I have a habit of putting out podcasts right before my life likes to fall apart, apparently. Oh, no. Um, so the first time I did Reliable J with my ex, my sister got cancer right after that. Oh, no. Um, I th- she's kind of fine now, but kind of not. She's, she's healthy. She's not whatever. Okay. <laughs> um, she, so we had to go through cancer with her and I was in college and she was getting cancer treatment in Philly and I went to school out near Philly. So I was like doing a lot of that stuff. And then my semester ended and Tessa, my ex, she lived out in Indiana and I was in, that was the summer I stayed at school. So we were 11 hours apart. It was kind of hard to logistically do a podcast. And then after that, it just kind of snowballed into I was doing an internship, she was doing an internship, all that stuff. And then I was like, okay, well, me and Tessa broke up after college. Um, I was living out in Indiana and I, it was during Corona. So I was like, okay, I'll get my podcast back together. And I just had a new girlfriend and then we broke up and then some job stuff happened and all that stuff. And I was like, I think this podcast just has a curse on me. I don't even believe in curses. But I think this podcast has a curse on me. And then I'm I was sorry to hear that. About starting it up again um, with like as a launch an episode when this episode comes out. So I can kind of like, hey, Reliant K podcast is back. And I did something with Sadie Hawkins pod. You should go listen. So we could like cross promote type thing. Uh-huh. And now I'm moving back to Buffalo in two weeks. <laughs> so my life just has a habit of kicking me when kicking reliable Jay when I'm down. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I'm subscribed. So whenever you dr- and everyone else should go and subscribe, even if there's no new episodes just yet. And so everyone will be ready to hear when you have new stuff out. Do you want to talk about what your plans are for it? Because like we're doing the song by song thing. So I'm just curious, what are your plans for Reliable J? Because in the past, the, the previous episodes, you kind of like pick like a topic, like favorite albums and mm-hmm. like favorite songs or things like that. What, what would you, what's your plans for the podcast once you can overcome the curse? <laughs> um, I think, first of all, I would like to revisit those old topics because that was three or four years ago and my opinions have changed a lot because I've been through a lot as you can tell mm-hmm. um, and every Reliant K album kind of has a different theme like Forget and Not Slow Down is loss and Collapsible Lung is like coping with loss Air for Free is the high from coming back to God in a new relationship and that kind of thing so like I've connected with each album in a different way than I have at that point in life so I think those topics would be interesting to revisit mm-hmm. 
Um, but I also want to do, I've had this idea for a while. It was a different podcast I was going to start up called um, From the Fans because I, I watch interviews with artists I like all the time. And every person who interviews artists asks the same questions. Right. So as a fan, like it's really frustrating because I'm like, like, for example, I'm an AJR fan. I don't know if you know who they are. Right. Oh, you probably do because you follow my AJR Twitter. Right. Yes. And you liked my tweet the other day because I mentioned and I was like, dang it, Danny, you found me again. <laughs> yeah. But the lead singer of AJR wears a hat. And the story of his hat is like it was his mom's hat. They were cold one day. He threw it on. It became iconic. So he still wears it to this day. Uh-huh. And every interview asks about the hat. And so he was doing an interview after their virtual concert back in December. And he said, I'm sick of being asked about this hat. Like I might stop wearing this hat. And I was like, that's why I want to do like a podcast where as a fan, I can reach out to like the Reliant K fandom because I have those connections and be like, what do you want to hear from Matt and Matt and John and John and Dave and Ethan? Because I have enough of a connection where I could probably get them on the podcast because I've been in this fandom for so long. And what do fans want to know? Right. Instead of those curated article type questions of like, oh, tell us about your next album. Like, I want to hear like, what was the story behind this specific song? Like we have fan theories, but we don't know like those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And also I've been the last like year and a half or two years, I've been really into video essays on YouTube. So Mm -hmm. I would love to, like, I did one about 21 pilots for my experimental video class. And I broke down um, not to talk about other bands way too much, but (laughs) um, I broke down how Tyler Joseph uses his mental health struggles and imagery to deal with his like religious battles through his music. Mm -hmm. And I would love to do stuff like that with Reliant K because like, if you listen on the surface, like Reliant K is like, Oh, this song is about a girl. Oh, this song is about God. But then like Matt Thiessen is one of the most intricate songwriters that I've ever met or heard. Mm -hmm. Like those, the lyrics are so deep and like, so witty, like um, on the Owl City tour um Owl City Matt Tyson and the Earthquakes tour mm-hmm. I got Matt a book with a bunch of puns in it mm-hmm. like as because every time I see Matt or the band I always give them like a small gift just because like you've poured 24 years of your life into this fandom I want to give back a little bit type mm-hmm. thing and so I got him this book with a bunch of puns in it and I was talking to Robert Gay after the show and he's like he was like telling me specific puns that Matt was reading to him and just like dying laughing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I was like, that's such a Matt thing to do. And like, and at that show, this is one of my favorite stories to tell. Um, I was in, it was a tiny venue in Philadelphia, theater of the living arts. If anybody's listening from Philadelphia, you'll know it's like a standing room only 500 person, 600 person venue. So like we were, we got there in early and we were in the front of the, like at the barricade and But like Robert knew I was going to be at the show, but Matt didn't know I was going to be at the show. I hadn't seen Matt since the end of the looking for America tour. So it had been a year and a couple months. I hadn't seen Matt. So I'm standing there and the song ends. And every time I see Reliant K, I yell, I love you, Matt from the um, crowd. It's like a thing I've been doing since 2015. And normally he just goes, I love you too. But this time he leans in the mic and goes, I love you too, Josh. And everybody in the room looked at me. (laughs) And I'm always going to remember that moment. So like Matt has such a deep connection with fans Mm -hmm. in a way that like after the show, I went to Robert because we were hanging out at Starbucks afterwards. And I was like, 
like, did you tell Matt I was coming? And he's like, no, Matt's just got a really freaky brain. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, you can ask Matt what time it is at any time of day and he can tell you to the minute. And oh, I was weird. Like, I was like, yeah, that's really weird. He's like, he just has a really freaky brain. Like he just remembers things like that. Right. And I found out a couple weeks later that Matt had just guessed it was me, oh. <laughs> but he still guessed it was me. <laughs> and Robert I mean, knew. He yeah. like looked at me and smiled and Matt guessed it was me because Matt has met me multiple times. And I get, so you know how in Butterfinger Cup, um, there's a line that says Snickers are no fun when they're fun sized. Uh-huh. So <laughs> Snickers makes a product called a slice and share. <laughs> it's basically a Snickers loaf. It's like a pound of Snickers. It's like oh, okay. five, a, a four inches in diameter type thing. So I gave uh-huh. it to them at a show because I was like, ha this is funny. It's no fun in the fun size. Hope you like this. And he takes it out of the package and looks over at Dave and goes, look at the girth. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that this man can just unashamedly be himself all the time. That's but funny. I digress. That's yeah. yeah, I would I would like to um do those kind of fan level connection things with like either bring other fans on from like the Discord server cuz that's like the most active um Reliant K community right now is the, right. the Reliant K Discord server. And I've been on there but I'm not good at Discord. Like I'm very bad. <laughs> I'm very bad at remembering to check in and stuff and then sometimes I'll finally check in and there's a couple of those badges, you know, the little, the one or the two, where it's like, oh, I've been tagged and I completely forgot to check it. <laughs> and then I'm looking for where someone tagged me. Oh, I was going to say, I know exactly what you're talking about with like fan questions and stuff. Cause we kind of come up with it when we try to deep dive specifically on a song and we're like, we want to know more about this specific song. And you're like, sure. Sometimes like a deep cut, like you're not going to find, you know, necessarily a lot of information about that, but some of those like middle songs, it's like, there should be interviews about this but there aren't because so many Reliant K interviews that are, you know, on YouTube or whatever, even, you know, it's usually like some camera per, you know, camera and, a, and an interviewer who caught them for five minutes on warp tour. And they're like, how's the tour going? It's like, yeah. no one needs to know 12 years from now, how was the tour going? Like people <laughs> want to know, like, yeah. why'd you, how'd you write this song? What instruments did you use here? And what was the idea of recreating this song? And that, yeah, exactly. So, and we've been like, kind of cultivating a little list as we go through song by song of like little mysteries that we're not really sure of the answers for. So if we ever did have, because we've only had John Schneck on the podcast. So if we Mm -hmm. ever did have uh, Matt or Matt on the pod that we could have like more specific, uh, (laughs) possibly obnoxious questions of like, do you remember (laughs) this specific thing and why you did that? (laughs) And maybe it sounds like Matt Thiessen, if he has really good recall, then maybe he actually will remember. Matt will literally remember, like, I'll be like, so quick side story. Um, in 2015, I realized Reliant K hadn't been to Buffalo in 11 years. So I started a hashtag on Instagram. Um, it was hashtag bring RK to Buffalo. And they ended up doing a mini tour um, at the end of 2015 um which was the only time i've ever heard collapsible lung live because they pulled it from the set list after that actually um so that was a very special night because i brought reliant k to buffalo because they ended up using the hashtag and said slowly going the way of the buffalo which i figured danny would appreciate as an right. nxpx <laughs> reference um 
So they slowly went the way of the Buffalo. They came to Buffalo on that mini tour. They played Collapsible Lung that night. They played Christmas Time in North America, which is that song I was telling you about in some right. video of. Yeah. Um, so like there was a lot of things, like very rare things that night. And they played oh, what's that song? Oh, I celebrate the day, which is like my all-time favorite Christmas song. Like I point at that song and I'm like, this is the song that is what Christmas is really about. Like every other Christmas song misses it. Right. This is what like so like that was a really great show. But after that, the next time I saw Matt was in like 2017. And I was like, oh, hey, um, you remember the Buffalo show? And he's like, which one, 2004 or 2015? I was like, <laughs> I was like what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, we met at this festival in 2004. And I was like, hey, <laughs> I that I was there. It's like Matt That's has freaky recall. That's the festival that I think you saw the tweet where I was like, um, you want to bring them back? And they were like, only if they play two lefts all the way through. Oh, right, right. Which is funny because normally they straight up tell me no. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to get my hopes up, but they didn't say no this year. Right. <laughs> but yeah, That's Matt funny. has a, a freaky memory. It's really good. Except he told one, he told one person in the Discord, yeah, I remember you. And the person's like, bro, I've never met you before. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, um, so as long as so, uh, they played collapsible lung you mentioned and that's mainly that's the song we're talking about this week so mm-hmm. and uh you've told me like you're the biggest collapsible lung fan in terms of like both the album right and the song i suppose i dare say collapsible lung is my second favorite Reliant k album <laughs> and that's a really <laughs> controversial pick and i know that right um in researching the song this week, just searching the phrase collapsible lung, obviously, like I, I got a lot of videos that I hadn't seen on pre- previous collapsible lung songs, which are like, you know, vloggers reviewing the album. And like every, <laughs> the, every, rev- every review, except for Relying K stuff. No, they were all mixed. And Relying K stuff, that YouTube channel where, and he was like, even younger when he originally posted it. Mm-hmm. It was like, he was the only one where it's like, I'm glad this album exists. It's not as good as these ones, but it's like, like everyone was mixed to negative and even the most positive ones still had that mixed element. So, and when we started this podcast, we definitely were like on the negative side of it. And now I'm the one who's like contrarian is like, no, this song's good. This song's good. (laughs) And I really just look at them as songs. I don't, I still have it like attributed to the idea that it's, you know, the Reliant K album Collapse of a Lung. I just like individually, like I'm like, I like this song and I like that song. So I'm kind of like parsing them out instead of like taking, uh, instead of looking at it as a a, uh, a Snickers loaf, I'm looking at them individually <laughs> as Snickers fun size. So uh, how did, why do you uh, like this album so much? Um, I have a few reasons. One, I will admit is nostalgia. Um forget it not slow down leading into collapsible lung leading into air for free it was like a really active time in the reliant k community because a lot of us i would say the average reliant k like twitter fan or like fandom member is between like 18 and 30 like that age range so that's when a lot of us were like really active in the fandom on twitter and reddit and that's when the discord started so like a lot of that is nostalgia based is like Mm -hmm the hype leading up to air for free. Um, Like there was a, I I don't want to say trend. There was a popular idea in the Reliant K community for a while where people were getting tattoos of a ladder with a missing rung. Like that was one of the Reliant K tattoos you would get if you were a fan. Okay. 
is like, and I don't know if you've seen that because like if you Google collapsible lung tattoo, that's one of the first thing that comes up. Okay, no, I've never tattooed specifically collapsible lung tattoo, so I haven't seen that. <laughs> I mean, I figured you had, but like, <laughs> I, I see you... lots of like tattoos where someone might be like, "Oh, it's been this long since I got this tattoo" or whatever, you know, and they'll show that tattoo, but that's not one of the designs that I've seen that happen with collapsible. Um, so I'm googling that now. So sorry, you were saying, uh... um, it's like a ladder with a missing rung. Like, oh right, yeah. um, the oh, I would either. say. Are you a Star Wars fan? Either yes. of you? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Perfect. So you know how the prequels, when they came out, everyone was like, meh. And then in like the 2010s, everyone was like, ew. And then the sequels came out and everyone's like, you know what? The prequels aren't that bad. <laughs> yeah, though, that's how I got kind of how I felt. <laughs> that, I think that's kind of like, I think we're in the meh or like the, like the meh right before Collapsible Lung wasn't that bad. Right. Because when you're right, I've seen a lot of those videos in where collapsible lung came out and people were like, this is so bad this is heresy i can't believe a christian band would write it like i've seen blatant hatred for this album right but now if you go on like the discord or reddit or even twitter like that's where i consider the fandom to be active at the moment which is why i keep referring to those right people are like collapsible lung's not that bad and i'm like you're right and it never it's like the the astronaut meme where it's like pointing at the one astronaut in the all right earth. it's like collapsible lung isn't that bad always hasn't been <laughs> right um that's how i feel I, about the star wars prequels i yeah. love them when they came out <laughs> episode okay star wars for a hot second here and i can apply this because right before air for free came out during the collapsible lung era still Reliant K posted a story of them watching Star Wars. So I can connect literally anything to Reliant K. <laughs> um, the episode one of Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, is borderline unwatchable. Two, not that bad. Um, episode three, arguably one of the best Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. I quite enjoy episode three. Yeah, so I, I, I definitely like the. I'd like the. I mean, after we, after all the sequels came out, I was like, you know, at least the prequels had original ideas. That's that was my thing. Like, I was upset with the sequels for basically just literally retreading all of the already existing ground and keeping us stagnant in like the story of the original trilogy. Because basically, the original Star Wars movies were Empire versus Rebels. And then yes. in the prequels, you don't have any of that. You have like the Sith coming up. It's like Sith versus Jedi. It's a completely different dynamic. But then the sequels came out and it's again, Empire versus Rebels. I'm like, the Empire <laughs> was defeated. The Rebels aren't Rebels anymore. The Rebels are now the people, the, people, yeah. the Republic. So we're on to something else. But no, they just like, it was like one step forward, two steps back. Like Disney basically false i think people looked at the prequel trilogy and they were like that's not what i wanted from star wars so disney was like oh well what people wanted was empire versus rebels but that's not what it was it's like you find other dynamics for good versus evil they're always good versus evil stories but they needed to find a new different dynamic and not just create a second empire and not just create a new reason why there are rebels so that's what so in a way collapsible lung is like sure it's it's uh you know different but at least it's new ideas (laughs) and i would argue and i've told you this before that i view forget and not slow down collapsible lung and air for free as a trilogy right 
That's I what we always come up with. <laughs> Forget and Not Slow Down is the original trilogy. Everybody loves it. Nobody says Forget and Not Slow Down is a bad album. It's arguably the best Reliant K album. Collapsible Lung is the prequels, <laughs> where it's right. like, you know, it's new. It took some time to get used to, but I can appreciate what it tried to do. And as much as I hate to say it, I would say Air for Free is like the sequels. It's very much an attempt to go back to Forget and Not Slow Down. And some of the songs are really good. Like, I enjoy Episode 7 of Star Wars. It's in my top three Star Wars movies. I'm not afraid to admit that. I really like some of the songs on Air for Free. But overall, I skip more of Air for Free than I listen to these days. Right. Because it feels like an attempt at Forget and Not Slow Down to me. And I think Forget and Not Slow Down is so special. Um, both nostalgic, of course, because Forget and Not Slow Down, is, it's been out for to what, 12 years now. So, like, of course, there's nostalgia involved. But also because, like, Forget and Not Slow Down was such a departure. Like, coming off of, depending if you want to consider Birds and B-Sides an album, either coming off Birds and B-Sides or Five Score, it was, like, sounded totally different. Like, right out of the gate. Forget and Not Slow Down with the ba-da-da-da, like, totally different than anything we'd heard from Reliant K. Right. And then you go back to like bumming and you're like, this kind of sounds like it's an attempt to be forget and not slow down again. Right. Yeah. I'm kind of seeing a little bit of air for free now as we've been going song by song. It's like air for free is kind of like they're recreating the feeling of forget and not slow down with some of the flavor of collapsible lung like some of that, those pop ideas that might not have worked, you know, in a forget and not slow down or mm-hmm era, Reliant K. Like there are those like pop instrumentations, some pop, poppier melodies that you might not have associated with Reliant K when they were just a flat out pop punk rock band. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and I think it's a, a, your analogy of uh, the prequels that kind of makes a lot of sense in its way, especially since uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just gestating that idea right now, but it makes sense <laughs> I've been thinking about this idea for a yeah. long time, Manny. <laughs> so uh, did you have any th- uh, specific thoughts on the song itself, Collapsible Lung? I think, yes, I do. Um, I think Collapsible Lung as a song, if you remove the song Collapsible Lung from the album Collapsible Lung, right. it fundamentally changes the album. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most important song on the album, which makes sense. It was one of the one. It was the one Matt wrote by himself. Right. Teason, not Hoops. Um, Hoops wrote "Don't Blink," and um, yeah, you know that. Right. <laughs> and so, like, that is the Teason moment on the album—the moment when every other songwriter stepped back. It's Teason and his guitar, and Ethan on drums? Question mark. I don't know because Ethan only did half the drums on that album. Um, but like, that is the Teason moment. Right. And that's the moment where you realize, yes, this whole album was about trying to cope with drinking and girls and all this stuff. But then he says, um, I hope I haven't heard the last words from the Holy Ghost. And like, I'm trying to get, trying to find my way back. And like, it's, it's a song about God, I messed up. Don't abandon me type thing, mm-hmm. which is like, I have said this before and I will adamantly defend, I adamantly defend a lot of my controversial Reliant K opinions. Um, I think Collapsible Lung is the most honest Christian album ever because it's not God, you are so good. God, you're there for me all the time. It's yo God, I screwed up really hard and I'm trying to find my way back. Please don't leave me. Mm -hmm. 
And like every Christian has been in that moment, even if it's not, um, I just broke up with my fiance right before forget and not slow down. And I, I'm trying to cope with drinking and going out with other girls and partying. Like, even if it's God, I told some white lies and I hurt somebody. Like, I feel terrible. Like every Christian has been through that moment where you're like, I feel like I'm absolutely going to hell because of this. And I feel irredeemable. Right. So like, I, I think collapsible lung, the song ties the whole album together as a narrative piece instead mm-hmm. of just being I think that's the context a lot of people forget when they say Collapsible Lung is a bad album or Collapsible Lung is a non-Christian album I would argue that working with other songwriters narratively works better with the song Collapsible Lung because the, the rest of the album was Matt not being Matt he was trying to be successful and losing himself along the way mm-hmm but once you get into the song that's just Matt, it's like, whoa, like this is deep and you didn't need 18 writers to consult and you don't need a synth pop line with it. Like it's just guitar and bass drum and snare basically for the whole song. Mm-hmm. And even, um, I'm sure you've seen the lyric video for it. Yes. Yeah. The, the video that walked so WandaVision could run. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) it's it's so simple it's just stock footage of some 50s stuff with some blurry lyrics over it and a few masks for the lyrics to come in and out Mm -hmm. it's so simple but it gives across the vibe that you're going that they were going for so well right and i think it really ties the whole album and second part of the trilogy together so well and without collapsible lung ending the album if we ignore that's my jam for a minute mm-hmm. because that's a different track and i actually think it got taken off apple music recently but that's a different thing mm-hmm. <laughs> um if we look at how you end collapsible lung if you end it on sweeter which is the song right before it i believe i don't think narratively you could go into an air for free type piece after that i think there's still tension to be resolved in like i think it would be really weird if the last song we heard was sweeter like she's sweeter than sugar till the sun goes down and then bum in right after that it doesn't make sense right well i guess look on up came right after that but either way look on up was supposed to be the 17th air for free track so i'm just gonna say bumming right um there were supposed to be 18 air for free tracks did you know that yes i, I saw some uh we did when we did some air for free song we saw like a premiere, one of the first live performances of it. And it's like, we're working on this. we got 18 new songs. And we were like 18 songs. <laughs> I, I've extensively thought about this. Like I know the 17th was look on up. Oh, what right. was the 18th? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in the discord said it's clearly happy earth day. And I was like, yes, uh, maybe. <laughs> I, mean, was, I was, was going to say happy earth day feels like it was kind of, maybe thrown together a little bit for the time or it was like some shreds of an idea that they could do for that for her day. well yeah i have no doubt they were just on tour and tson's like <laughs> earth day's coming up wouldn't it be funny if we made a happy birthday parody right and, Ho- and hoops is like that's stupid meet me in the tour bus <laughs> right i mean that's how the like how the holiday eps came together anyway mm-hmm. they were just things they were just sort of jamming out like there wasn't that much thought put into i'm sure there was thought put into them but it wasn't the kind of thought you I, put into an album i so, was at the show that they played the cup at first 
Uh-huh. And I was at the show that they played Candy Hearts at. And then Candy Hearts came out that night. And then I saw Can- or, and then I saw them the next day. And it was the Switchfoot Reliant K tour. And at the first show I went to, a lot of people were there for Reliant K. And then it, the album came out overnight. It's like, oh, cool. People are going to know this tomorrow. So, like, I can sing along. The second show I went to, everyone was there for Switchfoot. So nobody knew the <laughs> words to any of the Reliant K songs except for, you know, like, Sadie Hawkins, Be My Escape, Boy, I mean, so I've been. Because these are youth group kids, of course. Right. And so it gets to the part in um candy hearts where it's like baby girl and i love you so i scream it and people look at me like i'm crazy i'm like i'm just having a good time like, don't hate me <laughs> that was a great see like as much as i love other bands nothing will ever hold up to the reliant k concert experience mm-hmm. and if i'm not mistaken you guys haven't been in a long time right well, we saw the searching for Amer- the looking for America tour, okay. yeah. Okay, but but it hadn't been since Forget Not Slow Down before that. Okay, that we'd yeah. Seen them. yeah. So, like, um, how at your venue for Looking for America? Like, was it standing room or like were you seated or how was it? Yeah, it was standing room. It was at the Hollywood Palladium. Okay. Yeah. How close to the front were you guys? <laughs> we were sort of in the middle. We didn't get there in time to be there. It was actually oh, just yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I remember it was, that now. Okay. It was Jessica's birthday, so we went to dinner with her parents. Like we had, you know, we were like, we gotta right. go to dinner with her parents. <laughs> and then we we they met us by the venue. We went to a restaurant in Hollywood so we could get there, but we still mm. couldn't be like right up in front. Dang parents and dang uh. birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I was in the front for the first and being in the front when all the band members recognize you is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm like hoops would stand on the speaker right in front of me multiple times and he would just look down at me and nod and smile <laughs> and my top two favorite reliant k memories real quick getting off collapsible and again because i have a million reliant k memories it's almost like i should continue my podcast <laughs> at some point um, the f- dave um dave douglas knows i play drums he knows i learned like a lot of the reliant k songs because of him I miss Dave. He hasn't been active on social media since 2018. Um, but like we would chat sometimes. And so I did VIP before the show that night. Cause we were giving, it was hoops birthday was like either that day or a couple days earlier. So we gave him, we, I mean, me and my ex, and um, we gave him presents for his birthday. We gave Matt a present, which was the giant Snickers bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went up to Dave and I was like, Hey, any chance you could give me a drumstick after the show? He's like, maybe, so the show ends, they're like stage swapping for Reliant K and Switchfoot. And Dave walks right up to me on the stage. Everyone's going crazy. I'm right at the barricade. And Dave just hands me the drumstick. I was like, sweet. <laughs> and everyone was so jealous. And I'm like, I can't even act like I'm cool. Like, I just asked. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I got a set list that night, too which I have in a frame, actually. Um, yeah, I'm that much of a nerd. I have a Reliant K set list framed. Um, and then the night after, no, it was that night as well. We were right up on the stage and it was Be My Escape was playing. <laughs> and, you know, Be My Escape is like one of the last few songs they do in their set list because you save the big ones for last, obviously. And so um, there's a part on that tour when all the instruments would cut out and it was just the, I can't sing to save my life, but the, I got to get out of here. And so my ex screams it 
but it's so late in the night that she lost her voice. So it's like, <laughs> and Hoops was at the edge of the stage <sighs> and he turned around laughing <laughs> because it was that bad. <laughs> and we were right in front of him. And like, he turned around laughing and then he turns back around and kind of like gave like a sorry look. And I was like, <laughs> bro, that's hilarious. You don't have to say you're sorry. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I had one experience. I've only had one experience similar to what to these ones you've had, but it was mine was um, when I used to see them like a couple times a year during the when they were a four piece with Brian and Dave. Mm -hmm. And they and Tyson would always talk to us and he'd remember my name and stuff. But he knew I I guess he must have known like that kid is in the Northeast. I'll see him like he'll you know, cause I lived in, I lived near Boston and there was a certain amount of cities I could drive around to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to go see other shows. But then I moved to Florida. <laughs> and so I'm just suddenly at the Orlando house of blues when they're playing with MXPX and I was right up front and I saw the recognition on his face and the slight <laughs> confusion because he's like, this isn't where he'd normally be, especially cause I was younger. Cause I'm like just college age. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I wouldn't expect me to like travel that much to that far to see a show and then like they played a couple songs and then he looked at me from the stage and there's a large you know what do you call that precipice or whatever like there's a large there's a pretty large space between the barricade and the stage so he has to come right up saying he's like what are you and he's like what are you why are you here (laughs) and i'm like school and he's like cool and then he like nods his head and winked at me i don't even know if he actually heard me say school but he winked (laughs) at me and then that was I told you, Tyson's got a freaky memory. Yeah. He probably knew, like, if I'm going to Boston, I'm seeing Danny tonight. Right. <laughs> and then if I just suddenly stopped showing up in Boston because I moved to Florida, he's like, Where, what happened? To t-? Hopefully he remembered. Oh, yeah, he moved to Florida. So I'm curious someday if I ever get to talk to Tyson again, like, will he remember me? I don't know. My friend Johnny was kind of the more, like, like crazy, friendly one that everyone remembers. So hopefully he'd remember him as well. <laughs> I really wanted, so I saw, I've seen Reliant K in Buffalo twice, 2004, 2015, as I mentioned. And then I saw them Philadelphia, October, 2016, February, 2017, and then Rochester, New York. So like 45 minutes outside of Buffalo the day after. So like, he knows me as like that, like New York, Pennsylvania area. Mm -hmm. And now I live in Indianapolis Well, for the next two weeks. I live in Indianapolis and I really wanted to hitch a show out here for that, like that basic reason. Right. you know, Corona had to ruin yeah. uh, the alleged tour that they were supposed to have. Right. With the alleged venues that were booked for a forget and not slow down 11 tour. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't, I think, I think everything's going to work out fine. I think everyone's like, <laughs> why, why are they doing a greatest, why are they doing a greatest hits vinyl? Is it the end? I'm like, eh, they're just doing a greatest hits vinyl. I think we're going to be fine. We'll see. Yeah. Do you remember that Instagram live um, where Hoops was in the 1981? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and I asked him on that. Me and you were both kind of shooting out Reliant K questions. Right. And I, first of all, I asked him, will you be on my podcast if I bring it back? And he was like, yeah, I'll be on a podcast with you, Josh. <laughs> and you were like, no, come on with us. I thought that was hilarious. Well, that was the thing. That was like the whole time I was like, I'm, I'm trying. We said it early on. We weren't comfortable like actively approaching people for interviews mm-hmm. i think we're actually getting towards there now so now is like the time where i in the next few months or whatever i could like try to get people's attention and be like will you come on the show or whatever but at that time 
I was still not like, I'm not going to go around. I'm not going to pop in here just to say, Hey, come on our podcast, come on our podcast. I'm going to mm-hmm. try to get real questions that I really want to know answered. <laughs> uh, Daniel, you can see my socks was in there saying, Hey, go yes. on Sadie Hawkins pod. <laughs> and I know he read those. I know hoops read those because he was reading questions right above and below those. <laughs> and yeah. I also partially understand if like a band doesn't want to directly make if like, if like, you know, answering questions or like a social media and a social media presence if acknowledging city hawkins pod too much is like feels like endorsement and they're directly mm. endorsing us and if we we would never say anything to like hopefully not offend them but if we did or if we say very specific opinions about songs yeah if you're a band and you know there's a fan podcast out there and they have very specific opinions about things and then you interact with them too much it could possibly canonize things like they might be giant they might be giants the two main john and john from they might be giants like never interact with our friend who has they might be giants pod because they they hate the the band hate the idea of canonizing Mm. uh, interpretations and stuff so that's fair yeah i think especially with reliant k i think hoops would be afraid of that because a lot of that is Tyson's brainchild right so i don't think he would want to speak for that but also maybe he didn't want to say yes because the last thing he said publicly was we're not done with air for free yet i think we're gonna get an air for free reimagined really mad it's been four years where's right. that <laughs> uh, but i mean the man got busy he has a wife and eight kids and yeah all sorts of stuff so i can't blame him for that um in that live stream i asked is relying k done like i went straight for the throat (laughs) and he was like i believe his exact words were i wouldn't say we're broken up we're just not doing anything right now and i don't think we'll ever actually break up i just think we're not working on anything right they're taking the fugazi approach (laughs) um, but i also (laughs) said like tour because there was very strong I heard from somebody that I trust that would have heard it from Matt um, that venues were booked for Forget to Not Slow Down 11 tour. Right. And so I asked like tour and he was like, I think we might do something after Corona, like being vague and cheeky. Right. So I, I don't think it's the end. I think a lot of fans yeah. are freaking out, but a lot of bands do longer hiatuses than this bands go on a hiatus all the time and they come back eventually and they, you know, put stuff together. I don't think this, I, I, it just because it's the longest Reliant K has ever gone. It, it but, makes people cautious, but other bands have gone longer and come but back. Like, barely because like, I think the problem is, and was I talking to you about this or somebody else? I, it was somebody else. Um, Reliant K put out something from the year they were started until 2009. Like there was an EP or right. like, a new album or something. And then 2009 happened. And it was radio silence until K is for karaoke, which isn't canon in my discography of playing K. Mm-hmm. So like, then that puts you at collapsible lung, which is 2013. So that's a four year gap. And then they're radio silent again after that tour for another two years, basically. So like there was t- three years between those two albums. So it's like, yeah, it's been five years, but one of those years doesn't count because Corona. Right. So like, 
I think it's less of like necessarily the history of them releasing mm-hmm. stuff than it is like their age and their lives now because when yeah. you look when you look at similar bands like an extreme example is Five Iron Frenzy who broke up for that time yeah. and came back released an album in 2013 and then didn't release mm-hmm. an album for for 8 years they yeah. were still around you know what i mean so it's like i think it's more like the bands that were teenagers going doing youth group tours and Christian Mm. festivals and nonstop grinding on tour, they hit, they hit this life where they've now got families, they've got homes. They really just want to do like pull back and have a more reasonable release schedule and not have an album every year. Like MXPX just does fly to shows. They haven't toured. I mean, if you know, MXPX hasn't toured in like, almost a decade like a decade like they just do small regional shows and they fly to them and stuff but mxpx isn't broken up and no whatever thing that plus they have a really strong social media presence so everyone's got their eyes on them all the time reliant k has a (laughs) has a shaky uh, social media presence at the moment like they just pop up randomly here and there reliant k tweets and it's like michael scott it's happening it's (laughs) happening (laughs) so i think everything's gonna be fine it's just i think it's more like these a lot of these punk and whether Christian or not, but some of them Christian bands from the early 2000s have all kind of just relaxed their schedules now. And I think that's what people got to kind of not worry too much, but I think we both are aware of the fact that you and me, I mean, and Jessica know that like, it it doesn't seem like they're done (laughs) because we comb the internet now. And I, we weren't, Jessica and I weren't super active online with Reliant K stuff but now I'm like constantly looking at every tweet about Reliant K uh, <laughs> remembering what to catch up on the discord here and there and like so yeah yeah I definitely think it's not a this is the end if you want it scenario it's right more like, uh, um, I can't even think of a good <laughs> forward motion yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got and yeah. it's a terrible one but um I definitely think I think even, okay, so my best comparison, and this is a terrible comparison, because obviously this band was significantly bigger than Reliant K will ever be, unfortunately, but like My Chemical Romance broke up and they did a tour and it sold out instantly. Right. Like loyal fans of the alternative emo punk rock genre stay loyal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like rarely do you hear of like, yeah, I used to listen to Reliant K when I was young, but now I'm a hardcore rap fan. I went to a Post Malone concert. It's like, no, if you listened to Reliant K in 2004 and it comes on today, you're going to listen. If Reliant K is doing a cheap $30 show in your town, you're probably going to go. Because like, it's a cheap show and you're going to recognize half the songs and the other ones you don't are still going to be upbeat and fun. So Mm -hmm. like, I think if Reliant K... If Matt Hoops got on Twitter today on the Reliant K um, what uh, handle and ignored all the times I've tweeted at them and ignore all the times you've tweeted at them because I'm I actually confirmed once that Hoops did not have me muted even though I was con- convinced. <laughs> one, t- one time I walked up to Hoops at a meet and greet. He goes, you've been tweeting me a lot. <laughs> I was like, I know, I'm sorry. But I did get them to play... Um, must have done something right that tour, so it was worth it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, but I had a similar, I've had a similar thought, but I don't have confirmation like you did. But in what the main way of promoting this podcast has been from the lurking on Twitter and like just mm-hmm. getting people, and I mean fans, to notice that we exist if they haven't. 
So it's like a thing you see for advice. How do you promote your social media thing? And the number one thing they say to do for free is find hashtags and search results that relate to your social media and just like everything and follow everyone so that they know you exist. And then that's Mm -hmm. like free promotion. Well, I was liking every single tweet for Reliant K. And then one day it just hit me. I was like, wait, the Reliant K Twitter account must have like Mm -hmm. literally hundreds of notifications from me liking anything (laughs) they're tagged in. So it's like, I'm going to stop liking every tweet now. I'm just going to like them when it's, when it mentions them in text, it, yeah. not in an at mention <laughs> and I'll follow anyone who at mentions. Them. So that's really funny. <laughs> I yeah. understand. I had back in 2015, I had a Reliant K. I actually have more Reliant K dedicated Twitter accounts than you do. Now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> but I had a Reliant K twitter account back in 2015 and i was scrolling through it last night and i was like i added them so many times right (laughs) Um, and then i made a second account because i thought it was the hottest thing in the world because they would like my stuff all the time and i was like if you have any questions for them send them to me and i'll tweet at them from this account and i was was reading this last night i'm like i was such a stupid teenager (laughs) (laughs) but that's funny yeah, but you would probably know more so than me, but like the Ryan K fandom's not dead. We're just dormant. Yeah. Like yeah. I see tweets about them all the time. I see the I mean the Reddit isn't as active as it once was, but it still gets posts every week. Yeah. And people still tag them in pictures on Instagram. Like I looked at that the other day. I was like, people are literally tagging them in pictures. They yeah. haven't done anything in years. I think mid 2000s, the one thing that helps is like mid 2000s uh, punk and emo and all that kind of stuff is having a big resurgence right now. Mm-hmm. And so that spills over to Reliant K nostalgia for all like spectrum of Reliant K fans. So I see everything from like people who Reliant K was the only Christian band they liked and they didn't like any other Christian bands to people who were specifically only, you know, youth group and church bands only. And then people who, like you know liked Reliant K along with lots of other music I see every spectrum of people being like I haven't mm-hmm. thought about Reliant K in a while or whatever so people are tweeting every single day about Reliant K and then like these big things happen like with Wendy's that just happen and with uh <laughs> with Eve <laughs> 6 that happened and, and <laughs> that and, Wendy's tweet yeah me. <laughs> and then the like the Bernie Sanders meme that mm-hmm. Hoops retweeted and that got thousands of likes and I'm not hurt that I thought my Bernie's meme was was better than that one, but that one was pretty good. Um, <laughs> and it got there first. But like Reliant K, it's like the the fans never left. Right. And, and it's like, a band that you get obsessed with. And it's, it's Oh, band, absolutely. I mean, obviously you would be in all of us, but like it's a band that people get obsessed with. And just like how you get up people get obsessed with the Beatles or people mm-hmm. get obsessed with all kinds of bands like Reliant K is a band that people become obsessed with and like live in. And so I think they'll always have an audience to come back to. MXPX talked about the same sort of thing when they had their finally had their big resurgence in 2018 with their self-titled album. Uh, you'll hear like interviews or podcasts where they were like, you know, we were finally really getting the band really back together and really putting out an album. And we were like, will there be enough people there? Is there enough to support a Kickstarter? And of course there was, and they, and they kind of blew up maybe as big as they were at any point previously. Now they're completely own all their stuff. So it's even better for them. 
now it's like all their own business. So we're like, I mm-hmm. feel like Reliant K will definitely have the same sort of thing once they finally have a new album. I mean, <clears throat> that's kind of what happened with Reliant K in 2009 is like they went from Capitol Studios did five score. And then from there on, it was mono versus stereo. So like right. Hoops' is, Hoops is record. Hoops' Hoops? Hoops' is? <laughs> Hoopsies, hoopsies, hoopsies. What's plural of hoops? Hoop. Is it what's, like what's possessive of? Wait, what yeah. would be the possessive plural of the hoops family? Because then you're talking about eight hoops and what they own. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, the record like- label owned by hoops. Let's put it that way. So, like, after the record label owned by hoops started doing their music, like they could do what they wanted. Like they didn't have like five score happened, and I'm sure you guys know this because it was pressure from capital to be like maybe we should write some more poppy type songs like right. yeah try to go successful and then once they got on the hoops label mono versus stereo which is still a subsidy of goatee records which is still owned by toby mac if i'm not mistaken right which i'm sure i could do a whole dissertation on that because i could literally talk way too long about anything reliant k related it's almost like i should bring my podcast back <laughs> uh well, um, I, I'm sure we could go on and do, we could, we, could, <laughs> we, we could go on and do a whole season's worth of podcast with you. I'm sure um, we could. <laughs> and, but you definitely have to bring your podcast back because you got tons of stories to tell. I do. Um, but if there's anything uh, you want to make sure people know where to find you and, and how to find Reliable J and all that, uh, let them know. Um, at the moment, I would say follow my personal stuff because I'm going to be revamping my socials soon because they're literally barren wastelands. Mm. Um, so I would just at Josh J M A C T M A C T that a came out really weird. Um, just all one word on Twitter, Instagram, um, and then reliable J podcast on Apple music and SoundCloud. I'm not on Spotify cause they rejected me and I'm still salty about it. Oh. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think you just need a certain amount of stats, like episodes out and stuff. Like I was worried about getting rejected. Did they uh, give you a reason? No. Yeah. Well, I think once you, <laughs> I think once you're, you, you prove you're more consistent, cause like we got, we got accepted the first time and I was worried about it. But by then we had like six or seven weekly episodes. Mm. So I think as long as they see you're an active feed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. So once you have like three episodes consistently on a schedule, they can look and, and, and not reject it. They better not, or else we'll be, go to Twitter and hashtag justice for reliable J. But yeah. Yeah. So follow my personals. Um, I'll probably be updating there. Um, collapsible lung is way better than anyone gives it credit for. <laughs> um, cool. If this is your first Sadie Hawkins pod, go back and listen to the rest of them. They're all <laughs> extremely entertaining. I think that's about it. Okay. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. Have a great, have a great night. Well, it's afternoon for you guys, yeah. isn't it? Have a great evening. <laughs>